Holidays are here, and so is fashionable fitness. Gift yourself a Samsung Galaxy Z Flip 3 5G, a phone that folds in half to literally stand on its own. Pair it with the Galaxy Watch 4 for ultimate wellness and wow factor. Check health stats, flex personal records. Over 90 activities can be tracked, like biking, swimming, golfing, and more. Invest in yourself with tech made to crush goals. Holidays open up with Galaxy. Shop it all at Samsung.com. 5G connection and availability may vary. Check with Carrier. Products sold separately. Shop on eBay this holiday season to get more for your dough on stand mixers mm. or get more for your buck on this season's hottest tech and gaming gear. And on eBay, you can even get more <gasps> bling for less cha-ching on jewelry. You can get more because you save more on premium brands with eBay's exclusive deals. Get more when you get it on eBay. Hey everybody, it's Sam with Wrestling Overtime, and this is your Impact Wrestling results and thoughts for February 2nd, 2021, and we are finding out what the fallout was of Hard to Kill and getting ready for February's upcoming mini pay-per-view that they always have on Impact Plus. And some matches for that have already been made, such as the Good Brothers, who are Impact World Wrestling Tag Team Champions, are going to be taking on Private Party from AEW. And I like in these mini pay-per-views that they're doing on Impact Plus, that they are sprinkling in AEW talent. Just like on Beach Break tomorrow night, AEW will be sprinkling in Impact talent. And so I feel like both companies are really getting kind of a pop out of this, for lack of a better word, I guess. And I just cannot wait for them to bring in even more. Um, already, people like TJP work in New Japan, Impact, MLW. You see him working different places. Um, you've seen, you know, the the Good Brothers work in. New Japan and, and, and things like that. I don't know that I want a total free-for-all. I want Impact Stars to be shown on Impact Wrestling show pretty much on a weekly basis. I like them being involved in the storylines. I know where to find them. But I don't care for them popping up for a month to six weeks storyline um, on a different show or a different promotion. I don't want to see the same people on every show and it cut down time or storylines where we can get to know others, though. I think that's kind of what I see because this very first match in Empire kind of illustrates the point. Tasha Steele and Kira Hogan appeared, I think this summer, maybe a little bit before. And I remember the very first time, you know, one of them appeared and I believe something came out of my mouth as far as, Oh, you know, I don't know who this is, but is this like another jobber or, or who 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 is this? Um I think it was with um Tasha Steele. They actually did uh videos leading up to her coming in. And so that allowed you a little bit to get to know her character. 
But over the last six months, watching them get more and more time and watching them develop, I think, um, has really been enjoyable to me. And I haven't even realized it's been happening. They have been part of some hokey storylines as far as the whole stealing money from Falaba and getting involved in that. But they have been true to themselves, and I feel like they're authentic. I feel like we're seeing them enjoy themselves wrestling and making it on a show. And I definitely picked them to win, you know, the tag team titles and am rooting for them now because I feel like Impact took the time to let us get to know them, gave them the time. You know, they, in the beginning, got beat who by who they were supposed to get beat by. But slowly you saw them beating people they should beat and getting better and better as they climbed. And I like that. Uh, I think that's where some other promotions maybe do it wrong unless a star is, and I I do mean a star, is coming into your promotion, they shouldn't win their first, you know, five matches. They should build up and show who they are, what's, what's their character. They shouldn't be beating people they don't need to be beating. And um, I feel like Empire, with this crew, has done that. So, like I said, the first match is Tasha Steele, and she's escorted out, of course, with Kara Hogan, versus Havoc, and she has Nevea by her side. And I guess this is, this match is exactly what I was talking about. When you see Tasha still in the ring with Havoc, either number one, she's got to have better skill than Havoc, or she's got to be quicker, or both. Because Havoc is a veteran. She has been a champion before. She is a very powerful I mean, powerful um, wrestler. And so when you're looking at it, Havoc should win. Unless they can use some in-ring psychology, tell a story where I can see that Tasha Steele has more skill than this veteran. She has more quickness. Or they have to cheat because they're heels. But are when you get Tasha still in the ring with Havoc, is she really a heel? Or is Havoc still a heel? Because I I don't think that I buy Havoc as a baby face. Well, Impact d- does this match totally correct as far as Tasha still starts out kind of fast, and basically, Javi lets her go. Knowing that her veteran ring experience, her stamina, her power can, you know, take over. And when Javi just, you know, drops her, you feel it. And still at one point even tried to Irish whip Havoc, and Havoc just stood there, like, are you serious? You're, you think little old you can do that. Still climbs up and uh, tries to cross body her, and Havoc catches her. Um, And so that is um telling to me. 
Kira Hogan tries to cheat for Tasha Steele, and we see she can't because Havoc's power overcomes her, and Havoc ends up, you know, hitting the tombstone and winning. Even though they're the tag team champions, doesn't mean they get to win everything. And I wish other promotions would see that. Is when you have a veteran, a, a skilled person, a a person with superior expertise or quickness or agility or moves or, or whatever, going up against maybe your rising superstar who doesn't have all of that. You've got to continue to tell the story and show them learning, show them climbing, show them. That's what makes people want to get behind them. I want to root for Tasha Steele and Kira Hogan. I was rooting for them during this match. Even though I like Havoc, I want to see her eventually overcome, you know, this big mountain in her way, this obstacle and everything. After that, Impact goes to what happened last week. And for those of you who don't remember last week, um, Ken Shamrock basically just went crazy. He lost his ever-loving mind here recently in the, the story that they've been telling with, gosh, I don't know, probably the past two months is that Sammy Callahan could somewhat control Ken Shamrock, get him to do what needed to be done for them to pursue their agenda. However, Ken Shamrock gets an ankle lock on a referee, and Sammy Callahan realizes, oh my gosh, we're, we're, we've crossed the line, we need to... Need to stop this. Ken Shamrock was suspended over Christmas. We don't we don't need him getting suspended again. I gotta get him out of this. So Sammy goes over and you can see him get ready to try to have some kind of control over Ken Shamrock and Ken Shamrock loses his mind. He hits Sammy Callahan. And then instead of going after Sammy Callahan or one of the other wrestlers, no. He loses his mind again and attacks all of the referees. Now, why Impact Wrestling always sends their referees? I have no idea. I mean, I kind of wish they would use some kind of security or something. But, um, you know, you can't help but know something now is going to happen. They, after showing the recap and, and kind of telling you what's going on, you see Sammy Callahan in the office with Scott Demore, and Scott Demore is reaming Sammy Callahan for not being able to control him. And Sammy Callahan was like, look, dude, not my fault. You know, I can't help it. And he says that he is suspending Ken Shamrock indefinitely. So does this mean that Ken Shamrock is done? Or does she does he need a break? Is something going on? Um maybe they've realized that, you know, the risk for COVID and him traveling and, and things like that are a little too high. Is he going to end up going over to AEW? Is he going to show up over there since he's been suspended in Impact? Is he going to go over to AEW and wreck havoc? How are they going to continue telling the story? Or is this a way to get Shamrock and Sammy Callahan kind of unhooked from each other so that Sammy can pursue other things? I don't know. We then um, kind of see how um, Tommy Dreamer talks to talks about Rich Swan offering him a title defense, and Rich Swan brings up that 
Tommy Dreamer, when he was younger, gave up his title shot for Terry Funk in ECW. And that was a big storyline of Tommy Dreamer showing respect to the elder statesman, the veteran, the superstar of Terry Funk and, you know, allowing him to do that. And they talk about their match tonight that, that they are having and, you know, Rich Swan says, look, I'm, I'm going to handle the load tonight. Um, I want you to be at full force for our battle. You know, it's in a week and a half. I don't, I don't want you getting hurt or anything like that. They go to the Good Brothers, and of course, the Good Brothers are excited about their match tomorrow night at AEW's Beach Break, and they do the chant, beat up John Moxley, like they did beat up John Cena when they went with AJ Styles to WWE, and so that was a callback. And I like how Impact's doing that, throwing in little things like that, like when Tyra Valkyrie said her goodbye and them talking about her going off to prison at Jacksonville State, meaning AEW, or at Stanford Correctional, meaning WWE. I I thought that was that was interesting. I love how Impact is throwing in these little Easter eggs for you to delight in. Um. And so the Good Brothers doing the beat up John Moxley. I I I did. I marked out. Can't help it. But then they start talking private party and in walks Cowboy James Storm and Chris Saban. Still don't know how I feel about this. Um used to seeing Chris Saban Motor City Machine Guns with Alex Shelley. Don't think that Chris Saban fits with Cowboy James Storm. However, you know, Alex Shelley has stated in his statement that the medical facility that he works at, um, he could not take the risk traveling back and forth and take the risk of bringing COVID into their clinic. He has a real job. Wrestling is a side job now. And until he can get vaccinated and make sure that everything can be safe, then he can't come back to wrestle yet. So I understand they needed to do something with Chris Saban. I mean, I totally get that. I totally get that they needed to do something with Cowboy James Storm. Now, as far as I know, I don't think Cowboy James Storm has signed a long-term contract with Impact Wrestling. I believe that he is doing preparance uh, contracts or um, maybe a short contract with Impact Wrestling. But I don't know. I can't get used to these two together and being a tag team. And so when they start poking the bear of the Good Brothers and wanting a tag team title shot. I I can't help but I don't I, I just I'm not feeling it. I don't know their team. I don't want to root for them. I mean in this match I'm going to root for the Good Brothers. I know them. I like them. Um but can they or should they be able to even have a great match against the Good Brothers? I mean, I don't know. Um, I like how they wanted a shot tonight, and the Good Brothers were like, um, no, we've, we've got a big match tomorrow night. And they were like, yeah, but you're the impact tag team champions and you know you need to defend that and they were like no we uh 
we'll we'll meet you face to face next week. And I was like, mm, okay. Whatever, you know. I still I don't know. I don't know that I particularly like this. Now, the second match of the night is my man Fulton and he of course has Ace Awesome with him taking on Josh Alexander. Now my immediate response is where's Matt Cardona? Uh is he kinda on Josh Alexander's side? Are they going to help each other out? Are they forming a tag team? What what exactly is going on here? And Matt Cardona does not uh follow him out in his entrance. And immediately I'm thinking this should be a quick one. And I know that a lot of you are going to take what I said about Tasha Still and Havoc and say, oh, well, Sam's going for Madman Fulton. No. Um, Josh Alexander here in this matchup is definitely the superior wrestler. He knows way more moves. He is more exciting. He's got a better move set. He may not be as powerful as my man Fulton, but they're pretty close uh in height. Um Josh Alexander is well built as far as um you know, he is not someone that my man Fulton's gonna toss around. Although my man Fulton does try to toss him around. We see Josh Alexander counter that with his submission moves, his expertise, and some of the things that he does. But um I think I expected Ace Austin to get involved a lot more. And so we've now had two matches where Kira Hogan really didn't get involved in the first match. Tried at the very end, but, you know, wasn't successful and really didn't. And then we have Ace Alexander, or Ace Austin on the outside and he's not really getting involved. That's a little disappointing to me. To me, um, especially with my Matt Fulton and Ace Austin supposedly being heels and trying to cement their status as being heels. Josh Alexander, of course, wins this, but then we see Brian Myers walk out. And um, he has his uh, eye patch on from where supposedly, you know, Eddie Edwards pretty much tried to take out his eye and he feels like that um Eddie is not um playing by the rules that he is the most professional wrestler and that Eddie Edwards is now the most unprofessional wrestler and he even brings up and I found it very interesting because I have only heard his name. I have never watched one of Killer Kowalski's matches. He brings up that Eddie Edwards was trained by him. And I ended up writing that name down because I do want to look around and see if I can find some matches. Or can find some research on him. I I would, I've heard his name so many times throughout the years that I've been watching wrestling that I think that I would, I would like to learn a little bit about him and find out what was going on and everything. Um, I like that he said, you know, I, I'd like to challenge him for a match, but I, I don't know that my condition can have it. Eddie Edwards comes out flying out of nowhere to attack him and, Hernandez comes out and that was interesting because I'll be honest with you I forgot 
Hernandez was even on Impact. And I know that's awful. I I do. I know that that is absolutely awful. But since he got his money stolen by Falabaugh, and then he was part of the, you know, Johnny Bravo tr- trial a little bit, we haven't seen Hernandez. And so I kind of forgot that he was on the roster. And with Brian Meyer saying, you know, I can't face Eddie, I'll just have Hernandez do it, uh, we then see Matt Cardona come out and save Eddie Edwards. So now I'm, I don't like Brian Myers. Yes, I know him, Brian Myers in real life and Matt Cardona are good friends, best friends. I have a podcast. Yeah, don't write me about that. I, I know that. But I've never really gotten into any of Brian Myers' characters. I've never really liked him. Um, I'm going to be very honest, I'm not into wrestling figures, so I haven't listened to their podcast. However, I do like Matt Cardona. And here's the plug for Matt Cardona's new podcast. Um, He is going, it's MC Long Island Story. Um, They are going to, starting on, I believe it's February 17th, he is going to start a podcast rewatching his Z Long Island story, and he's going to tell all the backstory about that. Um, it happened in 2011. It was on YouTube. It's still on YouTube. And each week is going, he's going to be rewatching an episode and telling the backstory and telling the truth. The real story, what happened, and what caused WWE basically to get in a fight with him. Um, Matt Cardona, at that time, if you remember, was rising through the ranks of WWE. They had a rocket strapped on him, and it was like it all of a sudden fell off, and he was in free fall. Um... They claimed rights to Z, the Long Island story. And he has never really talked about that. He has never opened up and said his true feelings and his view, his point of view, I guess. And he's going to do that on this podcast. So I, I'm pretty excited about going on this journey with Matt Cardona because I do like him. So that, I think, is the thing as far as I will be rooting for him and Eddie Edwards. But has Eddie Edwards snapped completely? Has he gone off the deep end? And is Matt Cardona going to be able to keep him under control? Because he's doing un-Eddie Edwards-like things. And so, hopefully, the match between them at No Surrender, where Brian Myers and Hernandez are going to take on Matt Cardona and Eddie Edwards, it, I hope it turns out to be a good one, and I hope that they destroy Brian Myers and Hernandez. I think that would be pretty funny. Um, then we get to see match three, uh, which is Crazy Steve versus Larry D. Now, I can't help it. I like Decay. I like Crazy Steve with Rosemary. I like the fact that Rosemary scares people. Um... I like that they've gave her a new running around partner. I am a little, um, I don't know that upset is the word. I guess I'm a little disappointed or whatever that they haven't followed up. I wanted her to go torture Johnny Bravo or Johnny Bravo to demand 
answers or whatever and tick Rosemary off where she would want to mess with him a little bit and use maybe Crazy Steve to do it. But maybe that's the future. I don't know. Um, as far as this match, this, I mean, he's going up against Triple XL, not the tag team, but Larry D, and HC is over there in his corner. And obviously, Larry D beats Crazy Steve, but, um, I mean, Crazy Steve is willing to do anything at, at any time to get anyone over, uh, and every once in a while Impact lets him get some wins. But I think him playing a part in Rosemary getting wins, I think is even better. Um, I also enjoyed the next segment. Gia is backstage. She's interviewing Trey Miguel, who has, you know, decided that for now he's coming back to Impact Wrestling. I haven't been able to find anywhere that he has signed a long-term contract with them. So I don't know, for those of you who don't remember, Trey Miguel did not go to WWE with the other rascals. His, I think it's his sister, um, had a baby, and the baby was having problems. And um, Trey Miguel said family was way more important than making any decision on a contract. And however long it took, then he wanted to be there with his nephew. And I know that the family was staying there around the clock. So Trey Miguel may have worked out a deal with Impact Wrestling with them taping like um, this set of Impact Wrestling matches and stuff. They taped, I think, over a three-day period. And so it allows him the liberty to not only wrestle everywhere else and or be a part of another promotion or whatever he decides to do, but if his family needs help with his nephew, I think that's probably why. Because... You know, I like WWE as much as anyone else, but we all know how big of a monster they are about giving time off. And I absolutely um, commend Trey Miguel for choosing, you know, to help his family, to be there for his nephew, and still, you know, be able to take care of them and everything. But was shocked that it seemed like he comes out as a heel, saying that he had two crutches and that now uh, everyone thinks that's the only way that he can walk. However, he wants to prove that he can stand on his own two feet. I like that. Uh, I like that promo. Uh, but what I liked even more was – the lights going out and Sammy Callahan appearing, telling Trey, no, no, I'm I'm not here to attack you. Um, but he said, I find it interesting that uh, we gave you a goodbye and you're back. And the rascals haven't even been gone a month and you're throwing them under the bus. And Sammy kind of gets in his face and like um, an elder statesman or a veteran tells Trey you know you might want to reassess yourself you might want to uh, rethink some things and I was like oh okay I kind of like that Sammy's taking the stance. Uh, I enjoy that. But I also 
kind of want to see a fired up heel Trey Miguel. I think that would be kind of cool. Um, we get the next match of Susan versus Jordan Grace. Um, Deanna Perrazzo and Kimberly come out with Susan in her little business suit. And of course, Jazz comes out with Jordan Grace. And I am, like everyone else, wondering when the Susan spell is going to snap and turn on Deanna Perrazzo. Because obviously, that's something that they're trying to set up. I'm still not understanding the whole jazz thing. And I don't guess they've explained it enough for me. I want to know why is jazz still here? I thought she was retiring. I thought she'd come back just to try to win the tag titles. Why is she still with Jordan Grace? Why did they have a match, you know, at Genesis was that just a friendly Legends match? What, what was going on? Because I thought Jazz would give her the rub and go off into retirement. Not saying that she should. Not saying that she's old and decrepit and you can't wrestle. I'm not saying that. Jazz looks great to me. But why even do a retirement type thing? Of course, Jordan Grace gets the upper hand beats Susan to, you know, the dismay of of Deanna Perrazzo and Kimberly. Jazz does get involved with them and basically beats the crap out of them. But um, then ODB comes out. And I had not heard any rumors or anything, so that was a little bit of a shock. And that trio since Deanna Perrazzo's trio running for the heels. And I was like, what is going on here? Um, are we replacing wrestlers that are leaving like Taya Valkyrie with ODB and Jazz? Are they going to be part-timers? Are they going to be full-timers? What's going on? And what is the story with Jordan Grace? I know that her contract is, is up in May and then you know, she could be a free agent and see what's out there for her. And I think she should. But, I mean, what is going on pairing her, I guess, with Jazz and ODB? I'm not sure that that is how you get other promotions maybe to look at you. Then we see Big Money Matt. Matt Hardy showing up with private party and talking about how he has planned. You know, tomorrow night they could win the tag team battle royal at beach break and be in line for the AEW tag team titles. And they're getting at no surrender a tag team championship match where they could win the Impact tag team titles. So, of course, you know, Big Money Matt has to talk about all the money he is making, and that, of course, they'll make, but that he's making. And he just needs them to show up and win, you know, AEW and Impact tag team titles. And I am enjoying this, but I hope it pays off for private party. I hope, you know, that this does rise them in the ranks somewhere. The tag team division in AEW is just sick. I mean, it, with everyone who is anyone in tag team wrestling just about there. I mean... It would be nice if Private Party could show off on Impact Wrestling. Of course, they go to commercial when we come back. We get the Two Tonys commercial. And I am starting to look forward to it. It is one of my favorite segments of Impact Wrestling. I can't help it. 
Tony Khan and Tony Schiavone. Tony Schiavone wearing his shark head with his shark glasses. And Tony Khan maybe buzzing a little bit on his coconut beach break uh, drink where they plug AEW's beach break and what's going to happen and the matches and all of that. Uh... He also talks about, since getting involved with Impact Wrestling, and Don Callis and, and Kenny Omega doing what they did, that he has become more emotional. He has been an emotional leader, an emotional decision maker, and that he has even let John Moxley show up in New Japan. Which he did on Friday night, um, New Japan Strong. Uh, John Moxley did show up and attack Kenta. We're going to be talking about that um, when we get to our New Japan Strong results and thoughts. Uh, we're definitely going to talk about John Moxley there and Kenta. Um, from what I understand... I think there's going to be a match for the championship. Tony Khan has agreed to allow John Moxley to wrestle here. And I believe it's February 26th, but don't want me to do that. I will check that, get back to you guys. It'll be in one of the news and thoughts, or it'll be in the New Japan Strong results and thoughts um, that you guys will be getting this week. But I think it is February 26th is when Kenta is taking on John Moxley for their title. Um, we then see match five, and this may be the match of the night. Um, Rahit Raju and TJP, I absolutely... Cannot say enough about their chemistry. And it comes from them wrestling over and over. I know that. Um, but how they put this match together, I can't sing TJP's praises enough and cannot believe that WWE let him get away. Um, I'm sorry, this is one bad mistake that they made by, you know, using him on NXT, then putting him on 205 to rot, basically, um, when they should have brought him to, up to the main roster. He is unbelievable with his knowledge of submissions and transitions and movesets and how... He puts together a match, and I can't help but think Rahit Rahu has become a better wrestler, a better um, in-ring psychologist, just working this many times with him, them going back and forth, because Rahit Rahu may be the most improved wrestler in Impact Wrestling. I'm trying to think of someone else that has improved this much. I would like to say Ace Austin, but he hasn't been around. Um, Rahit Raju, you think about it, in the beginning of 2020, you may not have even known who he was, or you thought he was a jobber, or a hanger-on, or someone that um, just wanted to be close to somebody that was a star or whatever. And now we're at the beginning of 2021, and in a year, the progress he's made, carrying, you know, the, the X Division Championship, um, using all the tactics he's used to keep it, uh, finally losing it to Manic, who is TJP, um, coming out tonight and looking good going hold for hold with TJP, then putting on the match of the night, like I said, and him beating TJP. Now, it was a non-match, or non-title match, but he looked great. TJP looked awesome. 
Um, but the thing is, is TJP tumbled out of the ring and went under the ring. We've seen this many times. He comes out uh, either on the other side or one of the sides, and he is manic or, or something like that. And Sherrera, um, a wrestler who I haven't seen on Impact Wrestling. Uh, I'm trying to think. I know it was before COVID-19. And I'm trying to think if I saw him in 2020 at all. I I don't think I saw him on Impact Wrestling in January or February of last year either. So it has been a while. But he sends TJP scurrying back into the ring where Rahit Raju takes complete and total advantage of it. Then we see Violent by Design. I don't understand this. Uh, maybe I'm not meant to understand it. Um, sometimes what you don't understand, you don't like. I I can't honestly say that I don't like it because I like Eric Young. I just don't understand it. I I don't like Joe Doring. Um, I I figured that out. There's something about him that I don't I don't like how he wrestles. I don't like his character. I don't understand why he's with Eric Young. Um, Diener, Cody Diener, um, during this promo, if you watch his facial expressions, they were great. But Eric Young is talking to Cousin Jake about joining them and uh, basically uh, being rebaptized uh and taking away his suffering and pain and and I don't know don't understand it they interviewed cousin Jake after this promo and he didn't act like he understood it so he said he doesn't know what his answer is right now maybe next week he'll give him an answer and I thought, yeah, you need a week to figure out what in the world they're talking about. Um, I like Eric Young being the cult leader, the sociopathic leader of this faction. But I think you've got to be able to understand why he is and and why anyone would follow him and things like that then they give us the main event which is Moose and Chris Bay versus Rich Swan and Tommy Dreamer um this match to me is I guess okay. Um, I don't know that I can say anything real exciting about it. Now, I know the end was supposed to be exciting. However, it wasn't. Um... I know Moose and Chris Bay should not get along. Chris Bay should also be going after Moose's title. I agree with Moose. But I know that it was set up with Moose being in there and Tommy Dreamer moving and Rich uh, Swan getting um, the spear or whatever he calls it. I, I'm not even sure what Moose calls it. Instead of Tommy Dreamer. I guess they could set up, well, you know, Rich Swan thinks that Tommy Dreamer did that on purpose and blah, blah, blah. And that sets up a little bit of controversy for their no surrender match. In real life, I don't see Rich Swan or Tommy Dreamer getting into that. So I don't know whether that'll be a storyline or not. But I did enjoy that that Moose gets the pin. So Moose and Chris Bay. Win, and then we see Moose 
basically beat up on Rich Swan and Tommy Dreamer, and he holds up his TNT title and the Impact World title. And I think that's what Moose is going after anyway. And for that reason, I like it. I like that they might unify it. I like that Moose may actually prove to come out on top. I think he will put on better matches with some of the people that should be vying for that title, the Sammy Callahans. You know, uh, I th- I think they're going to get Trey Miguel involved a little bit. Eric Young should be getting involved. So, I I like Moose with both titles. I think that would be cool. If they're going to keep them separate, then that's cool. But somebody needs to go after Moose's title instead of Moose always being the hunter. We'll have to wait and see. Overall. If you can't tell, I kind of liked this show. I felt it was more on track. I felt like the storylines were tighter. The announcers did not get on my nerves nearly as bad as what they did last time. And so, um, yeah, I I really enjoyed this show. Looking forward to see if anybody from Impact, well, other than the Good Brothers, show up on AEW's Beach Break tomorrow since that's such... A big show for them. So we'll have to see. You guys let me know what you thought. You guys need to tell me. Did you like this? Did you not like this? Um, WrestlingOvertime at gmail.com. Write me. Hit me up on um, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, WrestlingOvertime. Tell me what you guys are thinking. And I will be talking to you guys soon. And I'll see you down the road. Holidays are here, and so is fashionable fitness. Gift yourself a Samsung Galaxy Z Flip 3 5G, a phone that folds in half to literally stand on its own. Pair it with the Galaxy Watch 4 for ultimate wellness and wow factor. Check health stats, flex personal records. Over 90 activities can be tracked, like biking, swimming, golfing, and more. Invest in yourself with tech made to crush goals. Holidays open up with Galaxy. Shop it all at Samsung.com. 5G connection and availability may vary. Check with Carrier. Products sold separately. Shop on eBay this holiday season to get more for your dough on stand mixers Mm. or get more for your buck on this season's hottest tech and gaming gear. And on eBay, you can even get more (gasps) bling for less cha-ching on jewelry. You can get more because you save more on premium brands with eBay's exclusive deals. Get more when you get it on eBay.